Hello, everyone, and welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. It's a Sunday. It's October. It's not quite Halloween yet, the 25th, and this is episode 35. I'm John. I'm joined by Andrea, as always. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, except for the fact, obviously, that we were talking about earlier, that it is October 25th, not yet Halloween, and snow is falling. I am not cool with that at mm-hmm. all. So take that back, weather. Take it all back. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be uh, preferable, yes. Yes. Uh, if I wouldn't have had to spend at least three, four hours this week shoveling and snowblowing my driveway already, that would have been excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, if things had persisted the way they were, we'd be done in the field completely within a, a day or something. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd wondered now about... it's all on stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of on pause until you see what happens. Yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, at this point, ideally, um, first week, week of November, mm-hmm. it's supposed to get into the 40s, upper 40s and stuff. And okay. it's supposed to be there for a while. Now, obviously, that's out a little bit for them to actually tell. Mm-hmm. But um, if that were true, it only takes a day yet to. You know, give it a couple of days to warm up, everything to fully melt, right. soak in a little bit, you know, give that. So maybe three days of that kind of weather or something, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Then it'd take us a day to pick the rest of the stuff. Sure. And then it'd be five days or something to work the fields. And like, then everything will be okay. Yep. But yeah, it just needs to, just needs to get back up there. I mean, we usually yep. do have like some sort of freak, you know, 40, 50, yeah. 60 degree week going on. Um, in November or something. So I'm sure it'll happen. It's just seriously irritating that, yeah, I've already broken out the snowblower and it's not even Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not right. Not even for Minnesota. Had a couple more weeks of <laughs> going and like uh, going to the pumpkin patch and orchards and, yeah. you know, stuff. I mean, we had, we had definite plans to, you know, still pick up some pumpkins and do some pumpkin carving and like, Every news station was like, don't do it. Don't leave your pumpkins out. They'll freeze or they'll crumble or they'll they'll explode. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, seriously. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I, I should of... have shared that in the, in the chat. We did mm. we did carve pumpkins yesterday. Oh, you so. did? Fun. What'd you carve? Yep. Um, I carved a face hugger. A face hugger? Alien. Oh, oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ashley carved a... Um, um, crab head monster, crab, so from Half Life. So basically, two versions of face huggers. Their their version that latch onto your head, and okay. then you become a crab head zombie and walk around and stuff. So she did that. Creepy. That's awesome. And then Val and Luke were over, and so uh, Val carved the like monster from Stranger Things. Oh, okay. The Demogorgon or. Yeah. The no, um, the big like what the kid always sees in his dreams oh, and stuff. Oh yeah, mind flare. Okay, yeah. And uh, Luke carved the like kind of card backings with symbols from Hearthstone. Okay. So I think they all turned out. Mine is definitely gonna like rot quick. I didn't leave enough <laughs> attached, you know. Sure. But... Was your uh, face hugger attached to a face or just waiting no. for its next victim? Yeah, he was just there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I guess be careful where you leave them because, yeah. Yeah. 
Like every single news station was super concerned with people leaving out their pumpkins. And I was like, I mean, I guess it's, gl I'm glad you care, but wow. It seems like, except, <laughs> like it seriously, it was on like every single news channel. And the only reason I was really watching the news is because Chris had like a segment about his school on there. So we were kind of like flipping mm. around. It was cool, but yeah. But then it was interrupted. Boop, 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 yeah, right. Boop, 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 alert, boop. alert. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Breaking Everyone, news. <laughs> statewide, take your pumpkins <laughs> in. That's right. Yeah. That's what we care about here. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, you found a couple drinking days, huh? Yeah, kind of very different drinking days, you know? So if you're not into one, you've got plenty of other choices. Um, we had October 19th, which was International Gin and Tonic Day. Um, on October 21st, it was National Mezcal Day. And then two days from now, on Tuesday, it's going to be American Beer Day. So you've got gin, mezcal, and beer. So take your pick of, of one of the liquors. It's a wide variety. I didn't do any of those last night. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. But after Pumpkins, we watched What We Do in the Shadows. The movie. Oh, nice. Good one. Great, great movie. And um, uh, Val Mook hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. And so I made, uh, uh, I just call them vampire blood martinis. Mm, what's so in that? That was vodka and gin. And then we have this uh, sour cherry liqueur from, um, uh, I think it's Jay Carver. Okay. Um, yeah, local or whatever, you know, and then some uh, rhubarb bitters. So it was a little more like brownish. <laughs> kind of, so I said it's, you know, it's just aged. We used aged blood. There you go. Because uh, we're classy like that, so. That's right. Finely aged, like scotch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. That's cool. Um, that sounds good. While we're on the topic of um, liquors. Yes. I was going to ask you on the fly here, or on the spot. Okay. So you're familiar with Kettle One Vodka, right? Yes. I mean, I've had it. I mean, yeah. When do you think that Kettle One, the vodka, was created? In what year? Ooh. Can I get like a ballpark? Like, can I? Can you give me a century? I think so. Um. Well, no. I mean, if you narrow it down to fifty years or something, you know, I'd be. Okay. They're they're from Holland. Okay. Um. Uh, kettle one. Can I say between eighteen fifty to nineteen hundred? Um, that would be off by off? a ways. By a ways, okay. Older or newer? Older. Older. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought I was reaching back. Are we going like? 1700 to 1750? Is that like a ways? 1691. Oh, man. I was getting so, tight there. All right. Getting, <laughs> isn't that... That's I mean, crazy. I, just, I was looking through them in the store, and, um, you know, it's like, I've had Kettle One, but I have never bought it myself. Sure. And I just started looking at it, and they list every person's name... In the family, it's eleventh gen, eleven generations. And the first generation 
They were uh, born in 1638. Wow. Um, and I just am like, holy buckets. There's not much that lasts that long, you know? Yeah. This makes me kind of a Cuddle One fan. Yeah, um, that's really cool. I kind of wonder really if uh, they were always Kettle One. I don't know why. Like, like called that? Yeah, exactly. Like if they had some sort of different name earlier. Um, I don't know. It just, it seems, I guess maybe I don't know if like it stood for something or if it was like, you know, the the kind of first in Holland, like the first distillery or something like that. But I don't know. Just something about adding like the number to it seems yeah. more modern. Well, it says the original pot still number one. Oh, okay. So, so kettle came dif came differently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That actually kind of makes more sense to me. Yeah. So kettle one owes its distinctive quality to a combination of modern distilling techniques and the magic of traditional copper stills, including our coal-fired pot still number one. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really neat. And that is. Not many things have been around for, you know, businesses or whatever been around that long. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, William III was the king of England in that year. Yes. Um, Yorktown, Virginia was founded. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, Emperor Leopold I took control of Transylvania. Oh, okay. I didn't know that I mean, one. <laughs> yeah, just, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So, anyway, I kind of a fun I, little bit of trivia. about that a little bit. Yeah. And um, I'm having my uh, Bloody Mary. So, I'm not adhering to any of, the, any of the days. So, well, it is a brunch edition. So, you know, yeah. you're right. adhering to that tradition. Um, do you have anything fun um, that you're drinking or any 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 fun uh, trivia to coffee? <laughs> I got coffee and uh, no, unfortunately, I don't have like a cool bit of trivia. But now you've like set the bar. I'm going to have to come to next week and just be like, John, <laughs> got something for you. Little quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to wake you up like trying to fire your brain and think about yep. history. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, news. We've mm -hmm. got some news. I suppose I should lay this out for people, um, how this is going to go. We got a few news stories and then, um, they, I mean, what else do you do studies on? You do studies on everything. There's a study on, mm -hmm. uh, the science of scare. So we've got a list of what this study shows is the scariest films. Mm -hmm. We'll kind of go through and talk about the standouts for us. And then later in the episode, we'll get real spoilery with Daredevil season one from Netflix. Mm -hmm. Not that uh, that's new, but um, it's new to you. And I've yes. just finished rewatching it. So, yeah, thought we'd talk about it. Sounds good. Good episode. Want to kick us off with this? That's uh, uh, very, <laughs> very tragic. Yeah, very tragic and very unsurprising. Um, Quibi has announced that it's officially shutting down operations. Um, it's no longer available. Um, it's not officially pulled yet, I think. Um, I think you can still access its content. I don't know when that's officially wrapping up. Um, but the, all the major shareholders have announced that, yes, Quibi will be gone shortly. 
to no one's surprise. I mean, kind of from the second it launched, it underperformed, it underwhelmed, and nobody really seemed to care about Quibi and uh, its, you know, short little 10-minute episodes. So no surprise that's going under. It's interesting, like, what does it take then at this point to kickstart and make successful a new mm-hmm. streaming service like what yeah. is that you know is is there any space i mean disney plus obviously is new hbo max is new but these are you know they're not like brand new like we know disney and what they own and everything right. they they come it comes with stuff involved right. uh hbo max obviously hbo right and then HBO Apple expansion. TV Plus is kind of the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot for people that just came with your new phone or something for a while. Mm-hmm. So at least you're automatically like, <coughs> excuse me, giving it a try. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Quibi's problem in my mind was twofold. Um, one, it I mean, those shorter episodes were really designed, they said, for like, quick little views which lend itself really well they said to like oh you're on the bus or you're on the train and you're commuting or you're just like you know driving between Mm -hmm. places and you want to get in like a quick episode well unfortunately covid arrived about the same time and people didn't really go anywhere so they they had the luxury of staying at home and watching longer episodes of things and i think we saw that with like a an uptick in regular streaming service numbers that, you know, people wanted that longer content. So that was a real problem for them. Um, And then Quibi was also plagued, I think, um, I was reading up on this a little bit last night. They were plagued with lawsuits um, because because, uh, of the fact that the episodes were so short. They didn't have to pay, like, union wages to all the production staff. They didn't have to offer like benefits. They didn't have to offer breaks, like things that you would normally get with Mm. sort of like full-time work. But because it was like, there's technically some sort of rule about episodes where they need to be at least like 11 or 12 minutes long to count as like full production episodes. Mm. So they were getting away with like seriously underpaying their staff, which was probably a cost saver for them in the short term, but in the long term, they had a lot of people quit, a lot of lot like I said, a lot of lawsuits. So I think that kind of mired the company in uh in legal battles and fees. So Yeah. The do you know if they're gonna sell off the IP at all? Like if someone That I don't it? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the shutdown is still too new. It was just sort of mm-hmm. like, yep, it's officially happening after, you know, months and months of rumors. Um, but it'd be interesting to see as that goes forward and they actually, you know, kind of begin the process of shutting down if they do yeah. sell off the IP because and where it goes. <laughs> there is like, I mean, there were a, a number of, uh, firstly, there's a ton of big names and yeah. there were some things that I thought looked interesting. Yeah. I just wasn't going to bother having another thing. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't enough to make me try this brand new other thing mm-hmm. that even though they made a, uh, app later and stuff for smart tvs and whatever it started you know that was kind of the problem at the start it was just on your phone and like that was the whole the gimmick well yep. like you say not everybody wants to watch that way or whatever so 
Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting, like I said, to see how they kind of close it down and what becomes of, you know, any of the shows possibly if they get picked yeah. up by other streaming services and, you know, feel that they have the potential to develop into something, you know, more fully realized, like a full show. Yep. So uh. we'll see. But yeah. Yep. Say goodbye to Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, iPhone 12 just released. You're uh, putting here. Yeah, the event was the other week. Yeah, that hey. kind of snuck up on me. I. Uh, okay. I mean, I I knew it was coming. It just when it happened, I was like, oh right, like now it's happening. Sure. So, it's here. Yeah, with the you know pre-recording um, events mm -hmm. and stuff, uh, they've been Apple's been doing it differently this year. Usually they have yeah. one, maybe two events towards the end of the year. This year it seems like they're going to have three at least. Mm -hmm. So they did one um, in September, the one in October. That's the iPhone one, and then supposedly one in November for new Mac stuff. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, uh, Ashley just got her phone the other day. Gotcha. Oh yeah, yep. she she set it all up and learning how to how to work it. I mean, yeah, I mean, not she there's normally, much to learn. <laughs> yeah, normally she starts fresh. You know, she always just starts with a new like new layout and everything. But this time she just restored from the last one. So okay, um, was up and running right away, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but she like nice. it so far. Yeah. She just likes, just likes the feel of it. And I'm very excited that it's back, the squared off edges and stuff, like the oh, iPhone 5, yeah. mm -hmm. iPhone 4, you know, those that kind of, um, I always like that look. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's cool. It's good. Reviews have been coming out. Um, Pretty positive. But, yeah, I, it's, <clears throat> it's always hard to tell because, you know, a lot of these people, they don't have their the phones all that long and so yeah. it's kind of a, <laughs> not a very good way to it's happened before with like um pixel devices a couple of times whatever right. reviews come out do all this stuff and then a month or two goes on it's like oh it seems like there's a lot of issues with the, <laughs> you know this thing or whatever the speakers yep. or whatever something going on or did you notice that if you are playing music and you switch to another thing it stops because it doesn't have enough memory and Things that you, they don't always notice in three days of testing. So. Right. Well, you can't do everything on your phone in three days. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'll we'll see. But yeah, positive to start. We'll see what yep. happens from here. I'm trying to decide because I'll either get the iPhone 12 mini, which has not gone up for pre-order yet. Because mm -hmm. it's even smaller. And I like the idea of having that really fits in your hand kind of device again. Yep. Or... So the biggest one, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which I really don't want one that big, but it has a better camera. It literally has a mm -hmm. larger image sensor. It has sensor shift. So like for the optical image stabilization, the sensor itself will move to adjust. So I don't know. <laughs> you don't think at that point, like just switch and use a camera? Well, I mean, so that's the thing. I could get the small one. And then mm -hmm. get a new camera. That's that's the decision uh, I'm trying to make. Do I? Gotcha. You know? But you know, like they always say, the best camera is the one you have with you always. So true. True. It is about to, convenience. I did to make sure to carry it more. You know. Yep. Yep. So, how big is the uh, 
the 12 Pro Max? Uh, the screen, I think, is 6.7. Okay, all right. So, I mean, when you think about it, early tablets, small tablets are 7 inches, so it's... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There, but... I was, like, having visions of tablets in my head, so... But yeah. the bezels are real small on these or whatever, so it can fit a lot in, in that. Sure. But I don't know. So, chat, you know, if you got advice, <laughs> I know it's really a decision that I can only make, but whatever, you know. <laughs> but, um, hey, I, I mean, you never know. You never know if somebody has some good advice or, or yep. you know, in the, in the three days of using, you know, their new phone, if they've noticed yep. something. Yeah, um, type the dimensions in the in the chat it's i've been trying to compare it to other phones i have laying around or old ones and stuff sure so i've got um this hold on <laughs> this was oh, gotta, for viewers can. oh this okay this was ashley's old windows phone one sure of them. and this is a big phone yes it's it not is this big okay so so you can have it, it in is. your hand. It's just not like very pocket friendly kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you can slide most of them in your back pocket, I guess. But I don't know, Andrea. <laughs> First world problems. Decisions, decisions. Yep. Maybe we'll we'll throw a poll out and see what people think you should do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Back to movie news and stuff. Yeah. Scream 5, huh? That's right. I'm super pumped. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been watching like the old Screams. Um, Scream 1 and Scream 2 have been running pretty steadily um, on TV as part of like three forms, you know, 31 Nights of Halloween. Um, and I love the Scream movies. So I've been I've been rewatching them. Um, and they've just announced that Scream 5, which we all like knew was in the works. We just didn't know exactly who from the original cast um, was going to be attached earlier this year. But it looks like everybody, you know, like Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, uh, David Arquette, they're all coming back officially. And they've already started filming. So um, they okay. are filming right now. You know, fingers crossed that that, you know, there are no delays on that. Right. Um, and, uh, the release date for now is January 14th of 2022, um, which I okay. think is rather odd for yeah. a, uh, screen movie. It seems really weird to release in January, you know, not related to Halloween to be... season at all, yeah. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, I don't make the decision. It seems to be kind of a hot spot though, that middle of winter sort of thing for other like i feel like scream yeah normally seems like it's during the halloween time but yeah. i feel like i've seen plenty of other horror movies come out yeah something like that or early spring you know yeah i'm not i don't think um for horror movies in general it's it's perfectly fine it just you know scream to me is just so tied to halloween so it's just kind yep. of funny but yeah yep. i'm i'm just excited i'll i'll go i'll go see it for sure I saw Scream 4 in theaters, I'm pretty sure. Is the full cast back? Yes. Or, um, I mean, it is. yeah. So, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, they're back for sure. Um, I mean, they, they're they kind of the only ones that really can be back. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All yeah, right. I know. I think I, I've only seen the first one. 
You've only actually. seen oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The first one I think is the best one. I mean, it's sure. like the best new original story. The the sequels are fun just because, you know, they're really great, like scary but also spoofy on sequels. You know, the whole mm-hmm. I obviously the whole premise is like everybody in there already knows about horror movies, so they're, you know, like don't do this in a horror movie. And then they're like themselves inside a horror movie. And, you know, they, they do kind of, you know, keep that riff going in the sequels and it works. I think for the second gets tired in the third picks back up in the fourth and we'll see what happens in the fifth. We went to um, the Alamo for uh, when they were playing scream. Oh yeah. Had their props and stuff for that. I forget what they all were, but do you dress up in the uh, ghost face mask? No, I did not. <laughs> I remember in school that being a big deal for Halloween. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. Kids in that. Yeah. Um, if you learn, uh, if you learn anything in the sequels, it's to be wary because even if you think you know the person in there and they're just like playing a joke, you never know. Could actually be the killer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Let's see. Ghost Floof. Ghost Floof is in the chat. Hey, Ghost Floof. Stopping by. Um, oh, geez, they like Scream says, too. All right. Says the became too predictable though. Yes, it no. did. It did, especially like I said, by the by the third installment, it was very tired. Um, a lot of the gimmicks were overused um like the plot was obviously you know always the same they were coming to get sydney mm-hmm. um the the fourth i think was was interesting just because it kind of took a little bit of a different tack um and it had been a while since like the other screams so i i found it a little more engaging and yeah i hope i hope they totally just blow us away with five I'm kind of surprised, I mean, in, in this day and age in Hollywood, that it's not just a reboot at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it isn't. You know, like they could keep the same actors and, and stuff, but just kind of attaching the five to it. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people always feel like, well, there's so much baggage there then I have to go, you know. So it's like when they redid Halloween. Yeah. It's still... Um, like it still is acknowledging the past, but just calling it Halloween and sort of doing what you want with it, it's uh freeing up for a new audience. It's a fresh start. Like go see the other ones, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like it. I think there are just too many reboots and remakes at this point. You know, why why not just be like, Yeah, you know what? Like we're we're just gonna forge ahead with this story. I mean, I, I hope it's good. I hope, like I said, it's not tired that they're trying to do, you know, an, an addition to the original story, but I don't know. I'm getting a little over, overexposed to reboots and remakes. Well, part Just of make it, make a new movie for goodness sake. <laughs> um, I'd say like you should do, um, maybe being there, the heart, their ideas that they're self-aware, just yeah. call it, like Scream 24. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when they do those, uh, you know, if they make fun of some film, or in The Boys, they do that, you know, yep. be however many iterations because they're making fun of the idea of so many sequels. 
So just embrace it and go, wait, did I miss like 18 other ones? What what happened? (laughs) Yeah, it'd be intriguing. People would definitely uh, be like, my God, where did all these go? Yeah. Oh, uh, Ghost Floof in the chat says he still hasn't watched uh, the new Spider-Man. I'm not sure. He says Ultimate Spider-Man, so I'm not sure which Spider-Man that technically is like if it means <laughs> like the cartoon ultimate spider-man or just um in movies like anything after toby mcguire oh okay yeah but, i don't know if ultimate spider-man would be tom holland yeah or amazing spider-man that was what's his face in between oh the two. yeah andrew garfield yep yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I really so. thought that was going somewhere. I mean, I know we've talked about Spider-Man and the and the reboots a lot, but man, yeah. I'm still I'm still surprised. I really thought Garfield was going somewhere and then the second one just tanked it. So, see, and I, you know, I still liked I liked those movies. I thought they were good. Um, yeah. You know, but I I heard and this relates to what we're going to talk about later with Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Um I saw someone tweet if Jamie Foxx can come back as Electro, <laughs> then Charlie Cox can come back as Daredevil because supposedly they're going to be bringing Jamie Foxx and Electro back for the next Spider-Man or something. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which, it's like okay. I, mean, I guess if you pretend that the other universe doesn't exist, you know, the, I the mean that can stuff, happen. And you yeah. bring him in, it's like, well, you just don't worry about that. We just want this actor right. here anyways. But if you've been following along, it might be weird. Yeah. Or maybe they'll make him different enough, you know, that it right. won't I, seem I ho- the same. I hope so because I actually thought the like visualization of Jamie Foxx's character was one of the worst parts of that movie. I did not. It just didn't feel believable at all. So I, I, I'm not saying anything about like Jamie Foxx's performance. So I thought he did well, but yeah, just, just like the visualization of the character didn't work for me. It was too out there. Maybe that's what they think too. Maybe they're like, he didn't get a fair shot at it. You know, you have a different vision, you know, but he could still do it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd be willing to give it a shot. It's a little weird. Yeah. (laughs) Ghost Floof is talking about just the Tobey Maguire ones. He's seen those. Okay. Yep. Done after that. So, yep. I thought to me, and I, I think, yeah, like you said, we've talked about this, but after they axed F- Andrew Garfield's version, then I really didn't want to see anything else. Mm-hmm. But it was so smart of them to put the new Spider Man in the Captain America movie I was already going to see. Yep. And then it's like, oh, well, Little this is good, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, Marvel has a great uh, track record of, you know, getting characters. I mean, first, you know, obviously with the little teasers at the end of the credits, and then, you know, eventually they just stuck them new characters in other movies. They have a a great track record of, like, introducing you into something you're already going to watch and already care about, and then you're like, oh, okay, this is intriguing, all right. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't hate it or, you know, oh, I really like it, so, yeah, I'll go see you know, the next movie about whoever. So they do play that really smart. Yep, for sure. They've got a plan. That's right. Um, HBO Max has a plan, right? 
<laughs> they, uh, I mean, they're certainly coming up with lots of content. They are. Original and, and just other stuff, you know, that they're getting the deal on or whatever. Yeah, they're, uh, they're releasing some new content this weekend, uh, kind of pre-Halloween content. Um, the Witches with Anne Hathaway and Octavia Spencer is going to be released, I believe, today, um, along with Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, that came out in 2019. Yes. Um, and then Nicole Kidman and, gosh, I think it's Hugh Grant is her partner in this one, uh, The Undoing. Um, oh, the, the legal one, right? Yes. The legal drama kind of thing. Yes. Some sort of. Yeah, so. Of being advertised. Yeah, so the, the kind of basic synopsis is um, that Nicole Kidman is married to, again, Hugh Grant, I think. Um, and he causes some sort of like devastation or he's the reason behind it. Um, and she kind of has to live with the choice he made as she like finds out, you know, he's the cause of, you know, this like destruction, this devastating act and, um, kind of has to learn to like, should I stay? Should I go? What should I do for my kid? Deal with all the ramifications. So kind of like a, a more psychological show, you know, kind of more what what yeah. is human nature? What do you do? How do these relationships have ties over you? And, you know, how do you take responsibility for things that you cause? Um, but still sort of like from what I've seen, a little bit of like mind games, you know, relationship sure. terror kind of thing. Um, yep. So I so I said it was Halloween adjacent. So. Right. But yeah, obviously oh. the witches and Doctor Sleep are both very Halloween related content. Doctor Sleep, I thought was great. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I love The Shining, and I didn't know what to expect from this, but I thought it was very good. Yeah, really yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's kind of coming to HBO Max, so I can rewatch it. Yeah, there was. Um, I think when I first saw it, I said, "Whoever made the X Men movies, maybe I've talked about that on here before too." Should have should be ashamed that they've never done a in your mind sequence like they do in this movie. Oh, like okay. Professor Xavier or Jean Grey or Nathan Summers or someone should have been diving into someone's mind because the way that they do this scene where and I won't spoil it, but one person is going into <laughs> one another person's basically mind palace and right. reading their mind, looking through the memories and stuff, and how that goes is so well shot. I think it's so well thought out and mm -hmm. like creepy. It's just really cool. I think they did an amazing job. So, oh, Brian Singer. Yeah. Well, oh uh, yeah, the X Men movies and stuff. They're, I mean, the first and, one, um, yeah, and others, yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I forget the guy that did directed like First Class and stuff. He oh, comes yeah. too. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Ghost Floof is asking which movie scared us the most. We will get to that. Yes. We're getting there. Yes. We're getting there. That, um, uh, that ranking is coming up. Before that, uh, you have PlayStation 4 Halloween gaming sale. That's uh -huh. right. There's not a lot going on. I think there's maybe like 20 or so games. But yeah, if you're uh, if you're into like games of horror and Halloween-related content, then PS4 is having a Halloween related gaming sale for you. Um, so you can pick up some new 
new games before you know you transition over to the PS5, or if you don't want to transition over to the PS5, then yeah, sure. stock stock up and you know hunker down so you can have some content on the PS4. Or if you're not able to transition because that's very you can't true. One. <laughs> that's true. Are you guys still struggling with that? We honestly haven't looked in a while. It's like, well, we've sure. you know we've got our Xbox coming. Um, you know, I've got a capable computer that can play things. Um, and I'm playing a game right now actually on my iPad. It's available on other things as well. But um found this game that I remember being previewed quite some time ago called mm -hmm. Forgotten Anne. Um mm -hmm. and What's it's that about? A, it's a game that looks um the art style I would say is kind of like full mill alchemist. Just kind okay. of character drawings and stuff seem to be in that sort of style. Sure. And it's just, it's really gorgeous. It's a game like made in Unity or whatever. So you'd think, oh, it's it's basic or something. But it's, it's everything looks really hand-drawn, mm -hmm. um, well-lit. It's just gorgeous. And the, and the soundtrack is great. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been playing it on my iPad. I hook up a controller or whatever. And um, it was only like $7. Um, okay. And so... Highly, highly recommended. The gameplay is like light platforming and puzzle solving, and okay. otherwise, it's it's like it's about the story. Um, you do make some choices. I think there's multiple endings to it. Mm -hmm. So if you if you uh, are extra mean or extra nice, things will turn out differently. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm getting. I think I'm getting near the end. I don't think it's a real long game. I think mm -hmm. it's a few hours, you know. But um, oh, not bad. Yeah, no, I've 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 been really liking it. So decent content for seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. I keep trying to keep an eye on because I mean, so much of the gaming market is in the mobile space, and so I always am mm -hmm. looking at what you know. And they keep bringing more and more real, I quote unquote, real games to mm -hmm. mobile. You know, as that um, becomes more capable, right? Then, uh, yeah, we keep getting more stuff. So. Yeah. All right. As uh, Ghost Floof requested, <laughs> uh, here's the. So, this was a study done mm -hmm. um, called the Science of Scare Project. Yes. And it they basically took a bunch of people and tracked their heart rates while they watched a bunch of horror movies. Yes. So, there's 35 here. Yeah, um, it seems like um, they had them watch quite a few movies. I mean, there's a ooh, almost sneezed. Um, there's 35 on this list, and then they did talk about in the article a few more that aren't on this list. So I have to imagine that they watched more than are here, and they just didn't like rank heartbeat wise. Okay, interesting. I I was wondering, so I'd have to like read their methodology here yeah. but if if that's available someplace which i would think i'm um, sure it is i assume they these were like had to be spread out you know you yeah so your, your heart rate wasn't somewhere. already <laughs> yeah and, yeah or you become numb to it at a point you yeah know? it's like mm -hmm. okay i've been jump scared so many times it's not working on me anymore you know right, right. gotta have lots of time to to calm down and yeah 
So assuming they're above board here and there. <laughs> they just prop but... their eyes open for like five days and just yeah. flash film after film. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we want to talk about, this is, it's a list of 35. Everybody can, you, know, you can easily find this Googling, um, um, probably the, uh, science of scare project, yes. but, um, top 10 here, should we go through that? And then we can kind of pull out other ones that we think are notable just sure. so they, the audience knows what they think the top 10 is. Sure. Um, number 10, the visit. Number nine, The Descent. Number eight, The Babadook. Number seven, The Conjuring 2. Number six, It Follows. Number five, Paranormal Activity. Number four, Hereditary. Number three, The Conjuring. Number two, Insidious. And number one, Sinister. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a pretty nice list. Yeah. Have you seen all most? I know, I know I the answer is not none. <laughs> Okay, so what you highlighted is what you've seen. Yes. Is that what I'm getting here? Yes. Uh, I, should have done, I thought maybe that was like what you liked or something. Okay, I should have done that too. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of them mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I would say the only ones in that list I haven't seen are Hereditary and Paranormal Activity. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, I mean, I... I I know enough about paranormal activity that I just hadn't remembered that I hadn't actually seen the movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I know yeah, enough of the premise and all the sequels and yeah. it's, yeah, like talked about. I just like hadn't remembered that like, Oh, I haven't actually sat down and watched that. Um, so I kind of feel like I should maybe just to like, you know, officially say I I've seen it, but yeah, the, the other couple that I hadn't seen um, hereditary, I hadn't even heard of, although um, Tony Collette is in that, and I do really like her as an actress. Um, I do not know what the visit is, I have to say. Oh, and then just, uh, just you just watched yeah. it, okay? And then, yeah, I, I was also shocked to remember that I hadn't seen the Babadook. Like, yeah. Okay. See, Again, I know okay. what it is. I just like yeah. hadn't sat down and watched it. Yep. Well. Uh... Ghost Loof says he's wondering how the nun isn't number one. I actually <laughs> don't see the nun on this list even of 35. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, oh. they had talked about, like I said, in the article, some other movies that, that, uh, oh, because they were talking about how newer movies were ranking higher than older movies, um, you know, in terms of like the, the scare and the jump factor and, and people's mm -hmm. heart rates. And so they were, they were unsurprised by that finding. Um, but they were talking about some older movies that hadn't quite made it on the list. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know if they they had. I mean, when did the Nun come out? That's pretty recent. Maybe they just didn't do it. Maybe it's been three years already. Maybe. Okay. Two it's years. hard to remember. Time. Yeah. Time is you know I gone pretty wonky this year. <laughs> for the Nun, I was very excited yes, for them. Yes, I was too. And. And I was let down. 2018. I like, I like the visuals. Alan says okay. 2018, so two years. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it could have been included like in this the, list. I like the villain, too. I do like yeah, the, yeah. The, the imagery of that. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. I thought that I had some issues with the way the movie actually went. It's been okay. a while. I only saw it in a theater then. but um, Yeah. 
Exactly. Like the one guy, uh, I feel like there was one guy in there that was so useless. Um, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to like sure. really critique it again. <laughs> um, so I want to do like two things. First, the question here is what's scariest? So what do you think of this list of 35 is scariest here or contender at least? And then what do you, which ones do you like the most? What stands out as ones that are actually really, really good? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think they did a pretty good job because I think the, the top three movies, um, are like Sinister, Insidious and The Conjuring, I think are among my top choices for scary movies. I mean, they're sure. well done. The scares are well done. They're not, they're not too much jump scare. There's some real like, you know, horror, I think in in the way you realize like the story unfolding and what's actually happening um so I, I i do think their top three choices are really great i think for me insidious beats out sinister but i'm not terribly upset at the fact okay. that they like i also can understand that like sinister sinister had more tension um i just i just find the concept of insidious a little bit scarier Sure. Um, The only movie that I'm kind of, for me, um, that I'm kind of disappointed didn't even make the list is uh, The Woman in Black with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, you you always have a soft spot for that film. I really like it. I think it's well (laughs) done. And like, I I really had an enjoyable time not seeing him as Harry Potter. Like, it really worked for me. And I thought I thought the premise of it was great. I thought. It was a little, it was a little heavy on the jump scare, um, so I mean, I'm not like above critiquing the movie, um, but I thought like the general concept of it was really well executed, and like I said, I'm surprised it's not even on the list. So sure. kind of bummed about that. I mean, in fairness, I never hear people talk about that much. Yeah. But I remember seeing it. Yeah, I remember seeing the theater, and um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, Ghost Loof says Harry Potter will never be scary to <laughs> them, but uh, I mean, well, to be he fair, wasn't he scary. wasn't scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting scared. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think probably like the the couple things that just like stand out for me are like the the whole. I mean, and, and I know it's easy to mock, but like the whole like you know people rising from the marshes is just you know, and like the fact that like this house gets flooded and you can't escape. There's just something about like the believability of of that, you know. So often in horror movies, you're like, you're not really trapped. Like you kind of just like got yourself there, and you know, you watch people hide in closets, and you're like, what are you doing? And um, yep. for me, the idea that you know this solicitor had to go to a house to you know execute the the will and and figure out the whole estate, but then these floods come in, and you're not allowed to leave the house because you can't cross, you know the marshes like that to me was like very believable. So I, I enjoyed the fact that like this guy felt genuinely trapped. So, yep. Yeah. I, you know, I have this tendency to like quote unquote horror movies that are, Mm -hmm. I like the thematic element of them. You know, I like the idea of vampires and something Gothic and, but you know, it's not, it's not that it's scary that, makes me like it so like 
I'm kind of on the outside. I like the Constantine movie with yeah. Keanu Reeves. It's not really a scary movie, really, but it's got demons and stuff in it. Yeah. And um, like um, Dracula with, uh, again, Keanu Reeves, but uh, Gary <laughs> Oldman. And, you yeah. know, um, that's not really scary either. Not yeah. really, but it's, I just think it's really good, you know, and again, yes. it's vampires. So, yeah. Um, it's not always to me what is scary that is making it good. Yeah. Uh, a good movie is sometimes happens to be scary. So I always said that The Conjuring was what I thought was the scariest movie sure. that I'd seen. And so as number three, like, I'm pretty happy with that uh, yeah. because, yeah, I don't think it was a ton of jump scares. It just was, um, yeah, it was just effective, you know, and mm -hmm. the whole, like, the clap behind the person's head of the stairwell and different stuff. And, yeah. Um, possessions and exorcisms are tough to do. You know, they've been done a lot, but sometimes aren't don't work out so well. And I thought they did that stuff well here. I agree. So, but I also can't be mad at Sinister as number one. Yeah. Because Bagul is terrifying. Yes. And they, they, that movie felt to me like the best modern horror film that really is structured and feels like a classic horror film. Yes. You know, it builds well. Um, it yes. doesn't just come out right at you. It's uh, it is a a slow burn in a way, and um, yeah, it's unsettling. I, I think that I think Sinister is very good. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, I think you and I and Ashley and Chris went to go see that in the theater. Did we not? Uh, I think um, uh, maybe. I think, I, I'm pretty sure, and I think that was Chris's first horror movie in a while. Cause he's just, he's not like quite as big a fan of the genre as I am. And I, and I even remember him coming out of there being like, wow, that was excellent. You know, the, the tension sure. of the story, like really built upon itself. Well, kind of leading to, you know, the, the climactic moment. And I thought Ethan Hawke did a great job. I'm normally not like a huge fan of his work. Um, not that I think he's bad. I just, I, I haven't seen a lot that I like him in. And I thought he did really, really well as the main character here. Sure. So I think I think all around like the story, like you said, it's it's kind of a classic throwback set modern. Um, the acting, everything just came together really well in Sinister. Yeah. So yeah, can't can't be mad really. Like I think any of the top three could be interchangeable, and I just I'm really not yeah, mad I'd about okay their with, specific yeah. ranking. <laughs> right. Well, Ghost Loop says he grew up next to a 70 plus year old abandoned hospital and that's why they're not uh like why the conjuring doesn't scare them <laughs> um man do you ever go in there ghost, i mean i was gonna say have you ghost hunted <laughs> that's the question um yeah do you ever get dared yeah. to go in there or you know try and like spend a couple hours exploring or something i think uh what that actually makes me think of most is um Oh gosh, um, I can't remember which season it is, but American Horror Story Asylum, when they like okay. when those kids are in the beginning are like running into that old abandoned mental hospital mm. and just being like, "Ooh, I dare you to go in there, go in there," mm. like, you know, I don't know. Yep. That's that's kind of what it makes me think of. I still am happy that I've seen most of these films. 
That's nice. Yeah. Um, uh, so as far as like, is there anything we think shouldn't be on this list? Anything that's really not scary? Um, man. See, to me, so to me, get out shouldn't be on this list because, I mean, you almost want to go with a, like, there's lots of movies that are tense and like thrillers are really good. Thriller right. is tense. You might be on the edge of your seat a lot. You know, but kind of not. holding your breath and not realizing it, that kind of thing. It's not because you're scared in the traditional sense or whatever, right. you know, but there's a lot of built up tension. And I feel like that's another list. That's a, yeah. That's a different list. Yeah, I agree. There's something different about a scary movie versus a psychological thriller, which is why, like when I was talking about HBO's new content that's coming out this week, you know, I said the undoing is is like Halloween yeah. adjacent because it's a psychological exactly. thriller. So, yeah, I mean, even having seen like the first 30 minutes only of Get Out, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a scary movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a it's a little borderline Um I've, I've, I've unfortunately had the ending spoiled for me, so I know what happens, but mm. I mean, I, I get, you know, it's kind of a stretch to include it, but I kind of get why it's here. Yeah. I just um, wonder what would happen if they started adding a whole bunch of other thrillers, like you say, psychological thrillers, yeah, stuff that, uh, you know, even movies that are really, um, really intense, like uh, Mad Max Free Road. Mm. That probably gets my pulse going. You know, there's yeah. crazy stuff happening there. But then, you know, you're not testing fear anymore. You know, mm. you're, it's so. It's really more uh, about tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alan says like Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, Or, gosh, what was I thinking of? It's not a scary movie, but it's, it's tense. Um. Oh my gosh, it's the one with um, Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson and like the aliens. Oh, signs. Signs. Yes. Thank you. I knew it was like one word. Um, I mean, that's sort of like, you know, borderline. Like yeah. it's psychological, but because I don't know, I thought that was pretty scary. Not it in was. like a not like a Halloween scary, but just like, man, like I was really yeah. surprised by things. There were great plot twists. Like it had my heart going. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, God, we should watch that one again. That's been ages. I know, I know. <laughs> I watched that a long time ago. I think the first time I watched it very stupidly was at like one in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. like I was having some friends over, and you know, we were just like, "Oh, what should we do? Like, let's watch. Oh, scary movie!" And then mm-hmm. it was actually very scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's it's that's good stuff for sure. What do you think is so what do you think is just plain the best? Like not scariest, best movie on here or a couple of them or something? Sure. Um I yeah, I I was kind of looking through this earlier and um I think I st- I still really like Sinister overall as a movie, so I think that deserves its place on here. Um, as far as the the rest that I've seen, Alien is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm surprised it's not a little bit higher up on the list, but it also isn't 
I mean, it's it's one of the older movies, so people like they were saying just don't tend to get as scared um, at some of the older movies because they they kind of are distracted by other things like you know oh the technology or you know the dialogue or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think it's all around an amazing movie. Um, and then I also really, really like as a movie on the whole it. The new one. I'm I'm assuming they're they're okay. including the new one because I don't Probably, find the yeah. original it very scary. Um, yeah. but I thought that was a, a well done movie. Um, um I didn't love the second yeah. part so much, but I really liked the first. Mm-hmm. It's I would agree with I mean, I definitely like those. Um again, it brings up the question of the methodology because to me, if you're gonna be fair about this. Mm-hmm. You'd need to be testing people that have never seen these movies. Sure. Yeah. Any of them. Yeah. Well, how are you going to find someone that's not seen any of these movies? <laughs> so that you'd have to leave them out for the movies they haven't seen. And well, then, right. you know, like, I don't You're know. You're changing your it's, audience. Yeah. Changing your right. variable there. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> I like how scientifically you're approaching this. You're like really <laughs> concerned about the methods in this. Well, it, look, I mean, it does make a difference. Out, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody puts out lists all the time and they say yeah. this found this or whatever. And it's like, really? I mean, did you for sure? Or did you pull aside 10 people? You know, and then like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I question how they did that exactly. I guess sure. they're figuring if they're, doesn't need to be the same person it's just people in general you know so like if you're if person is generic then it you know but i don't think that's fair because people react quite (laughs) differently to uh very true um yeah i think alien is my favorite on this list yeah it's a favorite movie um so good it's just yeah it's perfection to me um the witch is very good um i is that the vin diesel witch vin or is that diesel. remember oh, no, that's like witch hunter or something weird no right? it's because i remember it being something <laughs> like the witch right no no this has uh this has the woman that's going to play free furiosa i think um the younger version oh anya just... taylor joy yeah i think i think that's the woman that's in this okay um, very good. Very Alan, like can you look uh, up the Vin Diesel one just so I so I know if it's the witch or not. Now I now I need to know if I'm crazy. It's gotta be like the witch. Oh, it it's is also called the witch. Ha, see? Well, it better that better not be the movie they're talking about here. <laughs> I mean, um, they do. They should clarify because some things are named the same. Like you know when I was saying that I liked it. Um. Uh, oh wait, no, not the witch. Witch. Oh. <laughs> I mean, um, but they should clarify because when I was when I was talking about um, it, like you know, I needed to know if we were talking about the new one. Oh, confirmed, Anya Taylor Joy. Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So what's the Vin um, Diesel one then? I. I'll type it in Vin. <laughs> the Witch Hunter. Yeah. Oh, it is the witch hunter. Oh, the last last witch hunter. hunter. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. That's not this list. That has Elijah Wood in it and Michael Caine. 
Really? And uh, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones. What? Yeah. All oh, Star I do fans. actually, I do actually remember Rose Leslie, but I don't remember Elisha Wood and Michael Caine. Wacky. Yeah, The Witch. I didn't like it the first time I saw it so okay. much. It seems, but at the movie theater, it was so quiet. I couldn't tell. Like they already have very heavy, like you know, turn of the century. Um, you know, new um, new America accents, where you mm. want to call it. Um, I guess you know, it's like an English accent, but um, been here a bit, I guess. And it's um, yeah. it so it's very hard to tell what was going on, but is definitely not a jump scare movie. Is definitely a, a feel uncomfortable kind of movie, a sure. slow build movie. I just love the um, the atmosphere built in that. Um, so I think that's one mm -hmm. of my tops. Um, I always love the shining. I don't yeah. think that that's super scary anymore these days either, but I just think it's very well done. Yeah. It's just a solid movie. Mm hmm. The visit that I watched that recently, that is good. I mean, okay. that's one of the best, but it is good. And one of the actors that's in daredevil that we're going to talk about in a bit here, um, mm. is in that as well. The oh, cool. priest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'll see him differently if you watch the visit. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's good I watch Daredevil first. <laughs> and then yeah. I watch the I think visit. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but then after that, yeah, the top three, Sinister Insidious Conjuring. But um, yeah, I, I give it to Alien. I think that's we yeah. talk what our best movies of like perfect movies of all time are, and I think Alien came up then too. So Yeah, for both of us. It's yeah, just so well done from top to bottom. Um, the other one, the other movie I kind of wanted to give a shout out to, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's in my top five, but it'd be in like my top 10. Um, so I agree with its placement here is the descent. Um, I thought okay. it was going to be this like kind of half funny, half campy, you know, right. terrible, you know, movie. Yeah. And, it, I, and it wasn't, it was actually really yeah. good. So, yeah. um, I think maybe. I, I rate it high just because I think my expectations were just so shattered by the fact that it was a really great movie and I was just so surprised by it. But I also think it's a really well done horror movie. Yeah. I kind of held off on watching that one for a while because mm -hmm. I thought, Oh, it's another like stupid teenagers thing or yeah. something. You know? But no, it was good. Yeah. Um, I'm maybe in the minority that I don't think it follows or the Baba Duke were very good. No, I agree. Um, I can't speak, of course, to the, the Babadook, um, which I should, just because I, I should watch it. Um, but I watched It Follows again recently, and it's fine. It's fine, yeah. And I think I mean, that is better than the Babadook. But, yeah. I just um, wouldn't – I would maybe move some other – like, if, if I had my choice of, like, I guess – I don't know. It's hard because, of course, this is, like, scares. What's scary. Yeah, and we're talking a little bit about, you know, like the actual quality of the film. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think quality of the film probably would change this list a lot, but yeah. But I also didn't think it follows was very scary either. Um Well, it was so, it was mildly scary. Interesting because also, you know, 28 days later mm -hmm. is number 16 on this list and I would argue probably a better film than 28 weeks later, but mm -hmm. I think 28 weeks later is way scarier. Yeah. Um, 
And that's I not just, even on here. No, I think, you know. But again, too, this is supposed to be not people ranking what they think is the most scary, literally how their their heart, heart responds. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, nothing you can really control unless you're obviously, you know, a master of that. But uh, good for you if you can do that. I can't. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the list. Our thoughts. Very interesting. The, you know, <laughs> thanks for uh, um, putting in some input there, Ghost Loof, and thanks for the yeah, follow. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, we're going to move on now to, um, again, not a new show, but a show yeah. I've just recently rewatched and you've watched through for the first time. Yes. Um, new Netflix's to me. Daredevil Season 1. Mm-hmm. Um, so spoiler time for Netflix's Daredevil season That's right. one. That's right. If you haven't seen it, yeah. beware. <laughs> so I mean, this is, I hadn't, so. Right. Yeah. No, there's lots of people that still haven't, you know, I mean, a lot of people in the, when it comes to comic book things or the Marvel world or something, it's mm -hmm. the big movies, you know? And yeah. And so. I think it can feel a little overwhelming um, because there are so many options on Netflix that are, you know, intertwined. I mean, you've got um, Daredevil, you've got Jessica Jones, you've got Iron Fist, Luke Cage, you've got the Defenders. Like, it does feel almost like you're starting from the beginning with Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like, like looking back at how far we've come, <laughs> you know, from that very first like Iron Man release. And then, you know, you had this like whole subsequent yeah. release. It's like, whoa, it's a lot of content to to kind of catch up on. So I, I get that that would be rough starting out. But yep. well, for me, um, I am really trying to appreciate, you know, like I was pretty up bummed when everything was getting canceled from the Netflix Marvel stuff. But yeah. at this point now, I'm just trying to be appreciative of it because though a lot, there's a lot of it that's not perfect and I didn't like all of it. Uh, I really, it was some of the most exciting stuff to me in the Marvel universe coming out. Yeah. And I, in my book, Marvel needs to reprove themselves going forward into this next phase. Yeah. And so I don't have a lot, I don't like, I don't have a lot of confidence like necessarily in the direction they're going to go, <laughs> but we'll see, you know? Yeah. And so right now I'm thinking, you know, maybe these are the best versions of these characters we're going to get. And I'm just happy that we did get these shows. Mm -hmm. And so now, yeah, I'm in the path of rewatching. So, mm -hmm. um, but jumping into it, you started where you should the first show that came out. In yes. That <laughs> world. Um, what'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. The decision obviously was kind of twofold for me. One, you know, it's, it's the first show that came out. So it seemed logical to start at the beginning. Um, you know, as you would start with the first Iron Man in, in the movie series. Um, and then also I have a real like hate love relationship with the Daredevil movie, um, with Ben yeah. Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Um, I really, really hate it. On that. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate it. Although I do love, um, I do love two parts of it. I love Michael Clark okay. Duncan, um, uh, because how can you not? Yeah. I just, I love okay. that man. I think he, I think you can really tell he has a lot of fun in that movie. Um, and everybody else just seems like pained in that movie. <laughs> so he's kind of a fun break from everybody else. Um, and then I, 
I can't remember his name right now. Um, and I feel terrible about it. Uh, but the reporter in the movie, um, he's, he's the guy who's evil in the matrix, the one that portrays them all. Um, I just can't, you know, I just can't remember his name right now. Right. It's it's like on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. The matrix. Ah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, um, if you don't say his name, then we don't want to know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think he, uh, his character, the, the reporter who follows, you know, Matt Murdock slash Daredevil around, I think he does a really great job. And he's like kind of the one um, character draw in that movie. And then everybody else is just, like I said, very pained. Everything seems painful to them. So... So yeah, so I was really excited to to delve into the Netflix show just because I'd heard so many great things about it um, and just thought, you know, like the the caliber of actor that they were able to draw is like far better than the movie. Um, so yeah, so I was really excited. I really enjoyed the first season. Um, it took me a little bit to get into um, you know, just, okay. you know, world building, introducing everything. And then I was like really hooked, kind of slowed down for me around like, you know, episode six, seven, eight kind of thing. And then really picked back up when we, when we headed into the first season finale, um, which I think is, is a typical problem for a lot of shows. You know, you, you're getting introduced, everything's new, everything's exciting, you're learning, and then you sort of have these middle episodes that kind of bridge where you need to go for an exciting finale um, that, that aren't, they're not bad. They're just not quite as good as yeah. everything you've been watching. And then you like hit your stride into, okay, let's like wrap everything up and, and tie these yeah. plot lines together. So I'll try not to be like extra critical because I want to make it clear. I love this show, sure. but um, it just being in a position to rewatch it again, now yeah. and stuff um, <laughs> kind of reemphasizes some stuff. Um, part of the big problem with the Netflix Marvel shows, and you'll see it in all of them going forward, is that there's a deal signed, sounds like, early on to how many episodes would be delivered. They're obligated to deliver each season. It was like 13 or whatever. Sure. And they could not fit content for 13 episodes always. They had sure. their story. They had you know, like the clearly the point A and the end point, and getting there, they had to fill. It seemed yeah. like in a lot of the seasons, not all of them were like that. Where that you know I can think of probably three seasons that didn't have that sort of mid-season sort of lull or slump mm-hmm. because they needed to chop off a few episodes. Sure, you know they could have done it in eight. Yeah, and um, it would have tightened everything up. And but. You know, it mattered for viewings for episodes and they asked for 13 and that's what they're going to get. So, yep, that's what that's what had to happen, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I think that's my biggest issue with this season one of Daredevil is there's this time in the middle where we all oh, we all get a little mopey. Yeah. You know, oh, Mrs. Cardenas, you know, <laughs> over and over. Oh, but Mrs. Cardenas it's like. You know, Jessica's yeah. done other things right. than, like, attempt to buy this lady out of this dump. Right. You know, and, and some of those things, like, yeah, you should have felt bad for not telling her to take the money and move someplace safe. And that wasn't a dump, a hole in the wall. But it's my home. No. Get out. You <laughs> re- you're ridiculous. So, um, 
So I had issue with that. I, I mean, but look, that's the characters, you know, whatever you want to do, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, I think it, in the beginning, you know, it was very impactful because of course they, they built like a bond with Mrs. Cardenas and the, you know, yep. they, they, um, I mean, beyond, you know, just like what you'd think of as attorney client, you know, relationship. And yeah. of course, you know, they respected her and, and respected her kind of determination and, and it was a good thing at first. And then it just, yeah, it did, it did get repetitive. Like I love, you know, the learning of, you know, how she died, um, you know, their commiseration at, at Josie's. Cause I love, I just, I like the, the feel of like them being at Josie's bar it really kind of put you in their world. And I thought it was, it was a well done, you know, kind of set piece. Um, but then, you know, like you said, them repetitively bringing it up, it was like, please move on to something else. <laughs> like, please yep. think about something else. So, yeah. Yep. I noticed you've mentioned in your comments that you didn't really care for the time spent with the Russians. I actually I really like that part of it. Okay. I didn't only because I didn't think it made a whole lot of sense. And I thought it 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 was like an early foe for Daredevil. And I and I get the whole like we build up to Fisk. I mean we don't just like sure. go at him and we have to, you know, we have to see Daredevil struggle and like kind of work through his organization. Like I got it. Um but I, I thought sometimes character motivations for me just didn't match up. Like sometimes people were just really emotional about things and that included the Russians and it just like didn't quite make sense. Their actions didn't quite make sense to me. So yeah, I just, I, I could have like shortened some of that like early, like daredevil, you know, needs an adversary and like finds the Russians kind of thing. I, I could have shortened that and tightened that a little bit. And maybe that's to do like with you said, um, the, the number of episodes that they had to deliver and that sort of like feeling. Cause I just felt like we have a long way to go. <laughs> we have so many other people that we have to get to. So yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, and I see you mentioned this kind of with uh, Matt Murdock. You know, there's some mm -hmm. kind of repetitive, frustrating uh, things that he does. And it is the difficult thing to, which is why I'm kind of ultimately happy, I guess, that we got three seasons of Daredevil and that's where we've, we've left it because you can only have certain struggles for so long. Exactly. And then a decision must be made. And then often it's not as interesting after that decision is made or whatever. Yeah. So... It is a that's a tough thing to balance. Um, I think it's nice having like Claire, uh, Rosario Dawson's character to mm -hmm. to bounce things off and like you know in ways keep Matt in check and different stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What? Yeah. I I was just gonna say I I liked her there early, but I like now. I mean, already spoilers, but extra spoilers. I like now um, Foggy being that person because I just, in general, like Foggy more. And I think he makes more sense as, like, uh, as somebody that Matt cares about as a check. I mean, he sure. obviously cares about Claire, but he also has just met her. Like, Foggy's been his friend for so long. It just makes it more impactful that he's kind of, like, you know, trying to t nudge Matt on a more moral compass. It makes more sense that Matt would have more vested in his opinion um in foggy's opinion of him than he would claire's opinion of him you yeah. know so I, I i like that shift and i like 
I like Claire's character, but like I said, I, I noted I kind of like her being in the background, just kind of being on call to to stitch him right. up now. I um I was pretty I was happy with uh you know despite some of the you know what do I do kinds of uh, things that plague Matt. I think that Charlie Cox does a very good job with the mm -hmm. character. I agree. And I also think that um, Wilson Fisk is portrayed very well. Yes. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's so critical to this show or to any kind of superhero show that the villain is just as good as the hero. And yes. I think that rings true for for a lot of the Netflix or at least the good seasons um, of a lot of Netflix shows. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a little worried stepping into season two to you know meet a new villain. Um, okay. You know, hopefully he's he or she is as compelling as Fisk was. Um, I did, I did kind of find Fisk not D'Onofrio's portrayal of him because I think he did a, a fabulous job. I did find his storylines alternating, kind of fascinating and flat. Um, I, I found like, you know, his initial introduction, very interesting. His background story was fantastic. Um, and then, you know, kind of getting to where he is today was, was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, his, his growing relationship with Vanessa, but then I, towards the end, I didn't quite make sense of, um, what exactly he was doing you know, campaigning to be like this philanthropist in Hell's Kitchen. I, I got very confused. I thought at first he was kind of running for office and this was going to be sort of like a mirror of his dad's situation. And he kept having all these press conferences like, we have to build a better tomorrow. And he really sounded like campaigning. And then suddenly I learned like in the in the ninth or 10th episode or whatever, they're like, oh yeah, I'll leave the campaigning to you, Senator. Like, I'm just a do-gooder. And I was like, well, I, I didn't really like follow all of that. I mean, I, I knew kind of the, the drive behind it, you know, get your name out there so that when you take over Hell's Kitchen, it looks like you're, you know, doing this out of the goodness of your heart and you're like rebuilding the city and being an investor. But th there was just something a little convoluted, I thought, about that aspect. Well, I mean, part of what makes him good, I think, is that he he does think that he's doing good. Ultimately. Yeah, I, I bought like that aspect of it. For Hell's Kitchen and you know what he wants to become. Mm -hmm. He's just also willing to do anything for that, you know. And it makes sense that he is, you know, if you're in a situation where something terrible is about to come out about you, well, he was always trying to get out ahead of that. Like mm -hmm. you see the first good chunk of the season, the first half about it or whatever, he's he, he doesn't want even people to mention his name. Like yeah. he should not know who this shadowy figure is. Well, when it's going to be too late for that and he's going to be exposed as opposed to playing catch up. Oh, this you hear about Fisk, this character in the newspaper and like all the shady dealings he has. Mm -hmm. If he gets out and shows the public who he wants them to see first, mm -hmm. it makes then it puts the onus of proof on the the news media or the, you know, right. follow up to like, no, actually, this guy is terrible. Um right. So it's just a it's just a power play, and it's a way that he can you know get out ahead of of uh, any sort of bad press that he he's not able to control. Right. I I got that. It just I think the execution of that transition 
logistically in in the actual like transition just didn't work for me like mm-hmm. i got I, like i said i got that i got the motives behind it and then i got the ideas behind it i think it was just not logical for me to follow this like don't even mention my name to like here i am but what am i um you know mm-hmm. am i am i a philanthropist am i like like i said am i running for office like what am i doing so it was it was a bit hard for me to like get that sudden transition um i i, I just kind of wanted a little bit more in the middle to get me there um but i mean it did sort of fit in the sense of it wasn't the best thought out because it is hard to go from like nobody knows a thing about you to you're everywhere without people like you know ben and karen getting suspicious and being like there's no way there's nothing on this guy you know we have to go digging and find something um so i mean it it, it made sense that that people were suspicious but it also made sense because it felt like kind of an emotional, not the best thought out logistic jump. And that was kind of what the second half of the season was concerned with, you know, Fisk's emotions um, and, and getting in the way of his business. And I thought that part of his story sold really well. I think it's, I like how this show set up pretty interestingly, like the bigger, powers at play as well Yeah. Mm-hmm. like throughout the time you'd see like okay who is it it would bring up questions okay who is fisk working with right he seems worried about who he's working with and mm-hmm. uh maybe a larger organization that he's dealing with um and like the play between those people mm-hmm. i thought was was kind of interesting because you get to see you know oh fisk is the guy that's at the top supposedly well in this he's not really necessarily mm-hmm. you know and so i just like the questions and the world building of that yes. um mm-hmm. that this has set up and then yeah. you notice more things having watched other seasons of other shows as well like what sure. they're doing so yeah um what do you think of his of his suit Oh, the uh, the eventual suit he got. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I like that. I like that they um, they sort of had a plausible explanation for how this suit came into being. You know, I think that's kind of a big question, a big logistics question that you ask yourself of superheroes. Like, how do they make their suits? Like, how does that come about? And sometimes it's believable. Um, you know, like Tony Stark is this technology genius. So of course he would like be able to build himself a suit. And then other times you have it more like humorous, like Deadpool going through, you know, all his like iterations of his costume. Um, And I, and I thought it was great that, you know, Daredevil didn't even try to like build a real suit. He was just, you know, the guy in the mask stuff you could find put together. Um, And then, you know, he notices that Fisk has this like lightweight armor, you know, going on. Um, that he's got and he's like I should get that and I should get the guy who built that to you know make something for me so I thought that that aspect was really believable in terms of like I said how the how the suit came into being it doesn't look like the all leather you know number we got with Affleck there's there's clearly some like actual armor built in there so again much more believable although um the flip of of Fisk's worker from 
I work for Fisk and, you know, I got to kill, kill the man in the mask. Sure. And then, you know, I'm going to work from, it was a little quick, um, yeah. but you know, you, you, you got to yeah. do what you got to do again. You got to fit what you can fit in the storyline. So yeah. I think Ghost Swoop is a big Affleck fan. He's, they're upset. <laughs> that, uh, we're Don't dissing, do Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> oh, technically dissing Affleck's costume is not dissing Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the costume department's trouble. And mm-hmm. I and I only mention it because um I mean if if you're wearing like all leather like it doesn't deflect weaponry as you know this guy in the the Daredevil season says like I haven't finished it it's not fully armored. Yeah. So you know the the red parts that you've got on your arms like the the sole leather might you know deflect a knife blade depending on the way it comes at you or might not. It's just not that helpful. Yeah. So I just I think having it you know mention that it be some sort of armor in there you know kind of makes it a little more believable like like you talk about with um uh uh christian bale's batman versus you know the older batmans where it's like rubber suits and stuff like that and then christian bale's like no no no, i need flexibility i need movement but i also need armor so there's a balance like for me you know i i don't love this daredevil suit and I think it is kind of reminiscent in a way of like the Christian Bale Batman suits. Mm, and I don't sure. really love that version either. You know, I get that it's more utilitarian, mm-hmm. um, but there's that balance between on the show style and utilitarian. And I think that to me, this Daredevil suit is not the best. Like it's a lot in the face and stuff. I think they have it where it squishes his face maybe a bit <laughs> much or something. You know, I... it's just not... Yeah, I did find the fact that, like, his eyes are left open. Like, there's no covering on his eyes. I found that well, really they're, they're weird. Red. No, they're red. But I saw, like, it's I just... literally saw his eyes, though. Do you know you what I mean? Like, look in, back, because it's, like... In one of the rooftop uh... scenes, he, like, looks down, and I was literally, like, looking at his eyes, and I was like, mm, wacky. I, I think it's, uh, like, uh, I think Must have been like filling that in, some reflection and stuff or something. Or maybe, you know, they just missed it in that shot yeah. or something. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just okay. remember seeing that in one particular shot and being like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> now everybody's like super aware of who you are. You're barely covering any part of your face. You yeah. know, at least with like the mask, you had like the top half covered. But yep. yeah. So yeah, so maybe maybe next season I'll, I'll look again and it's, you know, not there. But yeah, just for that well, brief so- moment, I thought that doesn't make any sense. That brings me to the big question. Are you going to go right into Daredevil season two, or are you going to watch these shows in the order they like sim- cinematically are like the way they came out and stuff? Is uh is a seasons of like Jessica Jones next in terms yeah, of Jessica Jones release? season one is okay. what released next. Okay. And then it was Daredevil season two. Mm, okay. Um, Interesting. So that's the question. That's a and good so I'm, question. I'm, because I'm rewatching these and then my parents are watching them for the first time, sure. I'm trying to decide which way I want to recommend because sure. I want to watch some of the other shows uh, again as well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, while my parents are kind of invested in Daredevil now, do we want to go into other ones? And I, I'm thinking that I'm going to have them try watching an episode or two of Jessica Jones and see see. if they're into it. Sure. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, obviously Netflix 
started to make my decision for me as it uh, auto played into just auto plays, <laughs> yeah, yeah. season two. And I, and I watched like two seconds of it before I was like, no, 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 like, don't, mm-hmm. don't start this. Like, you know, um, take, take a pause and, and, and start season two later. Um, but I, it, it is hard because I am invested now because I did think, you know, the couple episodes, including the season finale were, were really engaging and I was really invested and um, like I mentioned um, in my notes, I really love the dynamic between uh, Matt, Foggy, and Karen. And I was just kind of like interested to see where they were. Like, was there a time jump? You know, are they picking up almost right where they left off? You know, where where's the firm of Nelson and Murdoch at? So I, I was, and I was really interested, um, I was really interested to see how they were going to build out the world of hell's kitchen in mm. season two, because I felt like season one, um, everything that they introduced us to was fully fleshed out. Like the idea of hell's kitchen, like every location we went to felt fully formed and real, but we didn't get to see a lot of it. We spent a lot of time in some very familiar places. And I was kind of excited to see at the end of season one, like, you know, we were on the street a little bit more, you know, we were we were trying to like go different places and and see the denizens of of Hell's Kitchen a little bit more. So, I don't know. It kind of made me excited to to watch season two. But yeah, I don't know if I want to just like power through Daredevil and then be all done with it, or if I want to go yeah. try Jessica Jones because I am interested in that as well. Of course, obviously holding one of my favorite actors, David Tennant. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, maybe maybe I'll marvel it. Maybe I'll you know. Obviously, they didn't release like all three Iron Mans at once. It was like, right, you know, they staggered. Right. So maybe I'll maybe I'll follow that too. Gives you a chance to miss stuff a little bit, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it's still not the situation where you might watch something and then you're watching all at once, and then by the time you get to the next season of Daredevil, it's been a long time and you've forgotten. Like it won't right. be. It won't be like that. Right. Um, I don't know. I just. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know which way is best. And I even the way that they release chronologically, I don't know that's that's necessarily timeline-wise how it, they're happening. You know, I think a lot okay. of them are kind of happening at the same time or or it doesn't even necessarily matter, but still there's a kind of a built-in understanding with characters anyways mm-hmm. on and it does help you see where things are when mm-hmm. with the characters that cross over. Sure. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like try watching the Defenders without, you know, right. having having watched at least some, you know, of everybody's seasons. Although I think Iron Fist only has one season. Two, two, two seasons. Okay, all right. I just, I, I, I don't remember a lot about it, but I remember it not performing that well, so I wasn't sure if it had gotten a second season. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Well, uh, but yeah, we should definitely talk about that. So yeah. that's that's part of the the selfish thing. Like I I definitely want to watch Iron Fist again, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, my plan I think is to try to see if my parents watch. So finish Daredevil season one, then mm-hmm. go to Jessica Jones season one, then Daredevil season two, then Iron Fist season one, then Iron Fist was before Luke Cage. I didn't like Luke Cage. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like Luke Cage, and season two, 
it is supposedly even worse. Yeah, I, I am. Helen's uh, calling you out. So, so obviously, watch whatever you want. I'm just saying what well, I'm. I, I think I, I have to, to watch Luke parents. Cage. Sure. <laughs> if I'm going to watch I'm the electing. Defenders. Uh, you see, the thing is, the Defenders is like one of the weaker points too. So I was even questioning showing Shun. that to my parents. Sure. Well, I think there's a difference too between like me watching it and you showing it to your parents. Yes. Like there's yes. a there's a different willingness level probably um an sure. interest level, you know, to yeah. to watch something that you know might not be as great just in the interest of like getting the fully fleshed out universe. Right. Exactly. You know, cuz we're, you know, I I feel pressure when I'm like, you know, come over and watch this and we're going <laughs> to I'm telling you it's got to be good. Good, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah I, 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 Luke Cage, the writing was so sloppy. Oh, it okay. It was so sloppy. And it's really a shame because um, uh, the actor for Luke Cage, I think it's great. And you'll mm -hmm. see him in other things. Uh, and I thought he did a very good job. And there is a couple villains in Luke Cage that I won't talk about that are really cool. But mm -hmm. I can't say more without giving away spoilers. Um, okay. But yeah, it was. Don't tell me. <laughs> it was a disappointment. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Ghost Floof asks, Ooh. new question for the day. New question. Which actor do you guys like the most? If you could choose only one, well. Oh my gosh. That's a very broad <laughs> question. That is a very broad question. Very broad question. Are we? Um, uh, I mean, you're gonna say Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I mean, I I can read your mind well, right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, are we are we talking like anybody ever? Like, or are we talking about um, you know out of the things we've mentioned today, man? Or you know out of like, would I take Charlie Cox over Ben Affleck because we're comparing Daredevils? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gosh, I mean, yeah, obviously my my first default is to say Dwayne the Rock Johnson because I love him. Um, but I recognize that he's also like not the best actor I've ever seen. Um, God, if I was, clip if it. I was, clip it. Again. it. <laughs> God, it's out there forever now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you yeah. ever see this. Um, I still love you. Um, yeah, I mean, when I think of actors, I mean, I'm, I'm immediately more drawn to somebody like Daniel Day Lewis. Um, okay. just, I respect his like total method acting and I, and I always, even if I don't like the movie, I always believe who he is. Um, yeah. Same. I was going to bring up Gary Oldman the same way. Um, I love a lot of his movies. And again, I always fully believe in his characters. Um, I also really enjoy in a very, very different way, like Ian McKellen, um, and I know, like, you immediately think of, like, Gandalf and things like that, of course. Um, how can you not? Um, but I I enjoy a lot of his smaller roles, too. Um, he was in, recently, a Sherlock Holmes movie um, that didn't get a lot of, like, fanfare, but I just thought was so excellent. Um, I love his older stuff. One of my favorite things that's ever been put out there um, is an, a version of Shakespeare's Macbeth with uh, Ian McKellen and Judy Dench um, as Lord and Lady Macbeth. And it's just so brilliant. Their acting is just okay. amazing. And they just like feed off each other so well. Um, yep. 
but that's you know that's a very different kind of acting as well you know it's it's not to everybody's taste and i recognize that but i still think it's brilliant so yeah tough tough to pick wow only one oof that's rough what what would be what would be your stab at it um i think that when my mind goes to who i think is the best actor Mm -hmm. uh often it goes to joaquin phoenix Mm, okay i've always had such admiration for uh, yeah, his, that's a his great abilities. choice. Um, it's you know we go from something like his first couple Shyamalan movies, so Signs and then The Village, um, mm-hmm. but then going to you know Gladiator, um, yeah. yeah, completely different. Um, and then a movie like Her, it's very mm-hmm. like soft and understated, mm-hmm. and then to The Joker. And um, then Johnny Cash, where yeah. he has, you know, I mean, Johnny Cash is the best singer ever, you know, but, you know, where he does the <laughs> performance there and stuff. Right. So I think that he really becomes whatever he's going to be. Very authentically, <laughs> I think that. Uh, Sorry, I'm watching Alan's <laughs> commentary as well. Rip that sink off the wall. What is that from? For Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. That's uh, that's walk the line, isn't it? Is it? In one no, of his I like, oh, I thought it was like one of his uh, his uh, God, it's been a while since I've seen that movie too. It's a good one. Um, one of his darker points when he's on drugs. Mm. And and then <laughs> yeah, the Gary Oldman is a good pick always. Um, I think that Rose Byrne is criminal criminally underrated. I agree with uh, that. I agree with that very much. I think much. That she can be absolutely anything, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's classics like, um, you know, Westworld is a great example. Like when you, like, it's those scenes when you get to see um, Anthony Hopkins, you know, yeah. sitting there, like having his Ford, yeah. ed, ed conversation with Ed Harris and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's a lot of greats for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to when pick. When it comes to like person, I just love Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Is he your rock? Jeff Goldblum and Keanu Reeves, you know? <laughs> like that's yeah, he's my he they they would be my rock. <laughs> for sure. Um Ghost Loop says Justin Hartley would be his. Is that the uh know. is that the um that's the guy from This Is Us, right? Uh, it is. Yeah, I see. I'm looking that up now. Yep. Okay. I don't. Towards actress. I Jessica have to say, I have or to... Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, good ones. Evan Rachel Wood is a fantastic actress, and I mean, in Westworld, solidly, absolutely, but also in uh, mm-hmm. uh a lot of other films as well. I, I've always thought yep. she's done a great job. Alan mentioned Meryl Streep, and I can't believe like. I mean, I, I thought of it, but it's just like, she's just so overrated now. Well, she's just, she's just now, now. she's just now so Meryl Streep, you know, it's it's almost, she's becoming herself in something, you know, you see her and you, and you just so aware that you're watching Meryl Streep. I think she does a great job. I, there are definitely movies I love. She, she really gets into her roles. Um, but it's, but I have a really hard time now just because she's so everywhere, not being like reminded of the fact that she's Meryl Streep. 
to me, that was that's Jack Nicholson or um, it was Al Pacino, but he's kind of like pulling it back around. Yeah, with the know? hunters. Pacino. Yeah, yeah, I was like very not aware of Pacino that are, in that. They're smaller sometimes. And, you know, it's not like the main role and trying to be something mm-hmm. different. He's not yeah. just banking on like this is my caricature that I've made over the years and I can just walk in and be that, you know. Right. So. Which I really felt when I was watching um oh god, The Irishman. I really felt mm-hmm. like I was watching it was really great, but I was just so aware of watching all of these men be who they are, like De Niro right. and Pacino and I was just like I yep. know who you are, like you're not really disappearing into the role for me. Um, and, and it really only happened in the last like 10, 20 minutes of the episode or the episode, excuse me, the movie where they like aged them up significantly because they'd been spending like 20 years in prison. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, these, these guys are blowing my mind with their acting because I'm not looking at them. Right. All right. Well, I think that probably about does it for the episode. We covered a bunch on daredevil season one. Mm -hmm. Um, you would give it a thumbs up then? Yes, I would. Okay. I would. I very much enjoyed it. Um, probably more like I said, like the the introduction and the, and the last slide towards the season finale were really great. And then, yeah, it had that mid-season lull that, that was really plaguing me for a long time. And I, I had a hard time, you know, pl- pressing play on the next episodes. But once I did it, like fantastic job nice so well you have to let me know where you go next if you go right into daredevil season two or if you jump into jessica jones either one is is fine like i said i've seen it and you just have mm-hmm. to you can take the time to recap me if i don't get through it in time <laughs> okay so if, we watch different, if we watch different ones you know so yeah but yeah Okay, well, um, this has been Popcast on the Rocks, episode 35. Mm-hmm. Um, often we do two episodes a week. Right now it's been down to one, so that's what we got. We're kind of in between shows. We've been doing a whole series on the boys. We went through boys season one and two, so you can mm-hmm. go on YouTube and uh, find all those videos there. We talked about Doom Patrol. We talked about Westworld season three. We go by go through each episode um we'll be going on to something else you know mm-hmm. i'm currently still watching raised by wolves and right. uh, i'm looking forward to the mandalorian season two um we do have doom patrol season two as well so mm-hmm. lots of content that is there for us to choose from mm-hmm. um i want to thank ghost Floof for jumping in following yeah uh, contributing to the the conversation absolutely um, good questions yeah you can follow us on twitter um again youtube that's where everything goes um i also stream with my brother-in-law lucas333 here on twitch um that's lucas with a k it's usually three times a week monday wednesday friday so tune in and like um some of us are playing fortnite uh, we played Hearthstone's Battlegrounds. I tried that for the first time this last week, so that was fun. Um, thank you to Killing the Flower for our theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, they are on um, YouTube and Instagram. 
Um, so follow them there. And anything else that you want to plug or that I missed? No, I think you covered it all. Well done. All right. So next week is Halloween. Halloween is uh, is coming up. Probably talk right. some more horror or something then. Um, but follow us to find out. That's right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Cheers. Bye.